0: Hello and welcome to the WWE versus AEW podcast, I am your host Daniel. Today's show we're going to be talking Wrestlemania, the pretty much released, uh, well, pretty much most of the card really for Wrestlemania all got released on Monday and on Friday, a lot of matches got added to that card on Sunday, we're going to be telling you the days you can expect to see each match, well Vince has got two weeks so it might all get changed, We're going to be talking Ring of Honor, also had their 19th anniversary show on Friday night. I just got done watching that this morning, so we're going to be reviewing that show for you later on. We're going to be talking about pretty much the talk on wrestling Twitter all weekend has been about Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was added to the um, already arranged Roman Reigns versus Edge Universal title match. I mean... I think everybody expected it, didn't they? Everyone pretty much expected that Daniel Bryan was going to get added for the last couple of weeks, um, especially with the ending of the Fastlane match. But yeah, they announced that on Friday's SmackDown. We've got WrestleMania ticket news. And yeah, we're going to get into that and more um, here on the show. Sunday, I'm not used to doing a show on a Sunday. Usually, I don't know, I'm either watching football or sometimes a little bit hungover. But it's international weekend. There's no... No football on this weekend unless you class the England football team as... Uh, f- well, I suppose it's football, in innit? Um, but yeah, I'm not really bothered about the qualifiers. We seem to qualify for every tournament, so... Uh, England are playing Albania later on, so I might watch that. I didn't watch the San Marino 5-0 win the other night, but... Um, yeah, we've only got... We've got two in the UK. I know a lot of our listeners are from the States, looking at the stats, but in the UK, we've basically got... Um, Two weeks, two weeks tomorrow, pubs open, basically, for people who don't know this, right, so, in the UK, so I know in the States, everywhere's pretty much open, right, in the UK, we're opening the beer gardens, so you can sit outside with a drink, table service, but you can't go inside, so all the bars, pubs, restaurants, they're opening, but you can't go inside, yeah, that's a real thing, yeah, that's for five weeks before everything opens, so, yeah, they're trying to, like, ease everything back into it. Kids went back to school four weeks ago. So, my little girl went back to school three weeks ago, yeah? Three weeks ago, she went back to school. So, uh, I was talking to a to mum on Thursday. She was like, oh, she breaks up for school for uh, Easter on Friday for two weeks. What? She went back three weeks ago after four months, pretty much, off school. Maybe three months, yeah? And she's off for two weeks over Easter. What a joke. But teachers, they need the rest. They need the rest, you know what I mean? It must be such hard work being a teacher in those warm classrooms all winter. Never mind the rest of us that are outside freezing our bollocks off. Sorry if you're a teacher. I'm sure it must be really hard, all those, what, 12-week holidays per year. Imagine if the NHS, the people working at the hospitals, were like, you know what, we've had a tough winter here dealing with all these deaths. I think we're going to need six weeks off to recover from it. Yeah, Imagine. But hey, that, that's my rant on there. teachers over with. But yeah, good news. Two weeks until pubs open. And would you Adam and Eve it? The day that the beer gardens open is the morning after WrestleMania. So our plan is to go up to Leeds to Neil's flat. And we're going to. There's me, Danny, Chris, Sean, Tebs, all going up to. Um, Leeds to watch Wrestlemania at Neil's, and then we've booked a number of beer gardens on the Monday, so hopefully, hopefully it's not absolutely pissing down, which I'm probably sure it will be, so hopefully it's not pissing down so we can enjoy a few pints on that Monday, hopefully after watching two nights of a good Wrestlemania, I'm gutted that we're not going to be there, I was at 31... Couldn't go to 32, because I was having a kid. 33, went to 33, went to 34, went to 35, 36. Obviously, couldn't go last year. So, yeah, I'm gutted we can't go to Raymond James um, Stadium. But, yeah, so we're going to get into the wrestling in a minute. But I just want to briefly touch on UFC. Has everyone watched that UFC show from last night? What a great show that was. Really enjoyed that. Sean O'Malley, absolutely brilliant. I mean, he should have really... Stopped the guy in the first round, but he eventually got the job done with a couple of minutes left The ref should have stopped it, but O'Malley went in for that final punch Yeah, so I uploaded right I uploaded the video of this on Twitter, right? uploaded the video on Twitter. I was watching it in the UK this morning. Yeah, what? 8 a.m. or something like that, so I'm watching the show in order, so I uploaded um a video of the Sean O'Malley KO, right? Someone quote tweets it and they put interesting that he didn't put the Ungarnu knockout on. And I'm reading it and I thought, interesting. Is he trying to suggest that like that's in some way, shape, or form racial? I just thought, seriously, there's some bell ends in this world, isn't there? Like, so what? So you can't you can't upload a video of a white sportsman anymore without it being deemed racist. Flipping heck, when on Garni, went on you knocked him out. I was on the edge of my bed cheering. I was like, oh, this guy is gonna be a superstar. Well, he already is, but that was great. He, like like um, Daniel Coleman said, strap the rocket ship on him. This guy is gonna go to the top. But well, he's already at the top, but do you know what I mean? I just thought, is there any need for stuff like that? I was literally just genuinely uploading a video of O'Malley, who I've been a fan of for years. And someone has to bring that into it. It just sums up the way the world's going in 2021. But, hey, Snowflake Squad run wild as usual on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, it was a great UFC show. So the fights didn't really last that long, except the women's fight, which I didn't watch. But I watched the other fights. Um, I really enjoyed the Sean O'Malley fight. Tylan Woodley got absolutely filled in. That was a really good... Well, it was only one round, but that was a really good opening round. Um, Luque recovered. Um... From I, I thought I thought he was, Woodley was going to do in first round, but Luke recovering and then Agarni Miocic was a uh, second round KO, so yeah, really good show, definitely go and watch that. If you're a UFC fan, I always hear there's no crossover anymore with UFC and wrestling fans, but the fucking is. You only have to look at Impact and AEW moving their shows from Saturday to Sunday to show that they definitely believe, and I'm sure they know more than some mark on Twitter, so, yeah, so that was it. That's the, been the weekend. Watch UFC, watch Ring of Honor, and my little girl on Friday. Nice chill out weekend, ready for the antics of a few weeks when everywhere opens up. But probably the big story of the weekend in terms of wrestling was what happened on Friday night, like I said at the start of the show, where they finally um, changed the main event of WrestleMania to a three-way. Now, it just seems to be the pattern, doesn't it? They just... Yeah. <laughs> Vince, it, it's a bit embarrassing, really. It feels like every other year, like, can, all right, I'm going to use the comparison. I know you shouldn't. Can you imagine like New Japan having a having a match set in stone in say November, announcing a match, and because they failed booking the babyface, just going right, it's going to be a three way. I mean, it would. I know someone's going to be like, well, they added Jay White to the scene, but that was planned all along. Whereas. Do you know It was just like, they clearly, people are like, oh, well, Daniel Bryan did this promo on Talking Smack in December. He was always going to be added. And it's like, no, he wasn't. He was beat like a drum throughout December. He lost in the Rumble. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, what Edge was saying in his promo, I mean, I'm a huge Daniel Bryan fan, right? What Edge was saying in his promo... You got beat at Elimination Chamber. You got beat at Fast Lane. You got beat fair and square in the Royal Rumble. So that's three times. So it's no wonder that there's been a bit of an uproar. But, I mean, the match itself, I think, the, yeah, yeah, it's bad booking of Edge. Vince can't book a babyface anymore, which is why every couple of years they're going to end up changing the main event of Mania because the the scared that the babyface is going to get booed. And I've said that if you go back weeks of the podcast, I said all along, Edge will get booed at Mania. The guy, people like like him, but he's never been a good babyface. Never, never. He's always had like negative. Do you know what I mean? Like I always remember SummerSlam 2004, where the crowd just turned on him. They turned on him, and that just it had been like a trend throughout his career. I mean, I'm trying to think what else. They brought him back as a babyface, didn't they? At the Royal Rumble. 2010, 2010, he won the Rumble, didn't he? He went on to face Jericho at Mania as a babyface. He couldn't get that whole thing where he was like shouting spear over, and they turned him heel shortly after. By the time, whatever April pay per view they had on, he he was facing a face Randy Orton as a heel. So, within four months, so the history has repeated itself. 11 years later, Edge comes back at the Rumble as a babyface set to main event mania as a babyface and by the month after mania they turned him heel and 11 years later they didn't even get to mania because they were smart enough to realize this guy is gonna get booed especially against roman i mean the fans haven't yet seen this reincarnation of roman reigns as a heel i'm convinced he's gonna get cheered brian might help there not be as many cheers but roman's been the star of this um pandemic era of WWE, the Thunderdome era of WWE, apart from Drew on Drew was good when it was in the performance centre, you know, when it was like there wasn't the Thunderdome crowd, but since they moved to the Thunderdome in August, Roman has just helped that show to no end so, yeah the it's funny isn't it really they're doing the best to stop, imagine if you'd have said that to Vince a few years ago, in a few years you're going to be doing your best to stop Roman Reigns getting cheered, for years we had to put up with do you know what I mean? Them trying desperately to get Roman range cheered. I mean, I was there at Mania 34 when... Um, do you know what I mean? He's getting booed out of the building. Mania 31. Mania 31. Roman versus Lesnar, yeah? They didn't actually... Everyone wanted them to... That was the time they should have added Bryan. But instead, they had to go the um, triple threat route, didn't they? I mean, the Seth Rollins cashing in the money in the bank route. Um, because they were scared of putting the belt on Roman because they knew that it would have been greeted with major boos. We had Batista at WrestleMania 30. That made, I still can't believe the, the The 30th anniversary of WrestleMania, yeah? And the plan was to have babyface Batista versus heel Randy Orton in the main event. At the time, where like, you had CM Punk as top babyface, Daniel Bryan as top babyface, this whole fight in the fans, and they was actually going to try and do... Babyface Batista against heel Randy Orton. It was never going to work. The crowd were never going to cheer Batista when you had babyfaces like Daniel Bryan, babyfaces like Sam Punk. It was never going to work. I remember at the time thinking, are they really trying to do this? But this year, the story, though, pretty much fell into the laps. It would have been so easy to tell. Edge comes back at the Rumble last year, yeah? I mean, we're blaming Edge. I'm saying Edge can't be a babyface. If he's booked right, he definitely can be a babyface. Yeah, especially with the story—he was forced to retire, forced to have the title taken off him. What nine years ago? He comes back at the Rumble. He's set to f- have a match at Mania against Randy Orton in front of fans. That's ripped away from him. He has to have a terrible match. Was it a last man standing match? Was it that they fought all over the building at the performance? I and mean, that was shite last year. And then. He gets injured in the greatest match ever at Backlash, yeah? He's out, so that he comes back at the Rumble. This is such an easy story to tell. Ten years to the day after he had to hand over the title, he was set to face Roman Reigns for the title. I mean, I think they slipped up by having him go against Roman. It was always going to be a battle in front of fans. I don't know if they'd forgot that fans were going to be there. It was always going to be a battle to get Edge cheered against Roman. The right thing to do, which is what everyone thought he was going to do when they took the title off Drew and put it on Randy, was have heel Orton against babyface Edge. Edge wins at Mania, yeah? Crowd would have cheered Edge over Randy Orton. They would have done. But you get the, the top heel the cool heel, we've wanted Roman's turn heel for years, and it's not going to be so easy, and you mix that with the terrible booking that you've been doing, and yeah, it was always, always inevitable, but at least they realised it, we can say that, and you've got, I mean, they're all the negatives, yeah, they're all the negatives out of the way, the positives of this is, I mean, I'm not a big fan of three ways, but with the way that they've sort of told the story, it does make sense, I do think, Roman Reigns versus Edgewild would be a good one-on-one match. I think Adam Bryan will make it a better match, even though, like I say, I'm not a big fan of three-ways. But it's just... I don't know which way you go with it. Like Edge is a great heel, but you think at 48 years old, is that a bit too old to maybe be a heel? I don't know. You tell me. But I do think the match quality is going to be better, and I mean, you've got, I've retweeted on Twitter the other day, you would do have, if they choose to go this direction, I'm not sure if they will now, we've got two heels against one baby face, they, they need to bring up the fact that, 2010, 2011, Edge is forced to retire, in the ring, on Raw, 2016, WWE, forced Daniel Bryan to retire, pretty much, yeah, on Raw, Roman Reigns, 2017, 2017, 2018, in the middle of that ring, is it 2018? God knows. 2018 is forced to come out on Raw, it October 2018, was it? He's forced to come out on Raw, and he basically doesn't retire, but he says he's got to go away for a while because he's got cancer, yeah? So that's three guys who've had triumphant returns. Maybe you'd only bring it up with all baby faces, which they aren't, but I do think it's worth mentioning it it does add a nice dynamic to the match. And it does make sense, the fact that you've got these three guys that, two, you thought you'd never see wrestle again. One, you didn't know what was going to happen on now in the main event of WrestleMania. So, do you think they should bring that up? Whether or not they do is another issue. Um, I'm just going to quickly go to some comments. We've got Ryan, how you doing, mate? Um, yeah, the UK is reopening, kind of. Yeah, and I can't wait for it. Let's let's get, you're on Easter holiday currently. Um, Yeah, I can't wait for it to open. Um, I'm not sure how any part, am basically what I'm in the process of doing because I know that it's going to be a hectic summer of going out is I am trying to record as many episodes, get them in the bank to get them out on the weeks where we might not be recording. I've already got about five or six episodes of the podcast in the bank that I will be uploading during the weeks where I might be busy this summer. The euros are on, so what can you expect? How are you doing, Kerry? Nice for you to join us. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, so that's the main event. The main event of Mania is Brian versus Roman versus Edge. Some people might like it. Some people might not. A lot of people saying that, oh, why is Brian in it? Anyone who thought he was going to go with Roman versus Edge after that Edge semi-heel turn at Fastlane, it was never going to happen. They had to ask Brian. I had to ask Brian, sorry. And I do think it's better for Edge. Maybe Edge has gone to him and said, look, I'm probably going to get booed at Badia. Yeah, I've been there before. But, I mean, a lot of the dirt sheets, they're saying that it's nothing to do with that, which I don't believe for a second. They're saying that Edge looks too old. I mean, I don't understand what that's got to do. Do you know what I mean? The older you get, the more harder it is to boo someone, you'd think. So, Edge, do you know what I mean? It's like no one wants to boo Ric Flair anymore as a heel. can't believe he's heel where he was. But no no one wants to boo these older guys because they've got so much built-up respect for them. But... Hey, that was the way that they wanted to go. Um, So I'm quickly going to run through because I feel like off the top of my head, you can't name what night everything's off. Um, So it would be nice for someone to come out and say it. But yeah, so the Saturday, um, which is, I believe, the 10th, Saturday the 10th, we have got the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley defends against Drew McIntyre. We've got the SmackDown Women's Championship, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. We've got The Miz versus Bad Bunny. Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. We've got the Raw Tag Team Championship. The New Day defend against AJ Styles and Omos. And we've got Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. So they've got six matches announced for the first night. I mean, on paper, I don't think that looks too strong. I mean, if you look at, if you combine the, the, what have they got? They've got 11 matches announced. If you combine those 11 matches into one show, it does look good but they don't, I can't get my head around the fact that we've not even Undertaker, strange not having him at Mania, but they probably don't want to bring him back, yeah? I think it's strange we've not got a Brock Lesnar, it's weird not having a Brock Lesnar match, we've not got a Triple H match, I mean, I thought at least we'd get Triple H versus AJ Styles, it does seem like this is just a typical WWE pay-per-view, but the most exciting thing about it is we've got Pretty much twenty three, twenty four thousand 24,000 tickets sold for each night. So we've not seen how the crowd are going to react to all these wrestlers. We've not seen it for a year, so it is going to be really interesting to see who's going to get booed, who's going to get cheered. And I think they've started... That's why they've started... You've seen in recent weeks, Sasha Banks has gone heel in her feud. Edge has gone heel. Because they know that these babyfaces now, they can't just manipulate, well, tell the Thunderdome what to do, can they? So the people who they were worried about getting booed are now actually going heel. Um, So yeah, that is an interesting dynamic. I think that's one of the most interesting things about this WrestleMania, see where they're going with stuff. Um, So that that night one, I I mean, Meltzer has reported in the Observer that Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre is going to be the main event. I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying Sasha versus Bianca should main event. Now, I can see that argument. You have the women main event one night, the men main event the other. But they've gone to all this trouble to have... McIntyre lose the title. Miz be the champion. Miz pass it on to Bobby Lashley. Just solely so they can get Drew McIntyre, have his big moment at the end of Mania, fireworks going off as the show goes off air, which he didn't get last year. So, for me, they've gone to all that effort. Just let's get this done. Let's get out of the way. Let's get Drew McIntyre, his big moment. So, let's just do it. Do you know what I mean? I don't think we necessarily need Sasha and Bianca to main event. I'm sure it'd be nice for them, but... I don't think the feud, if I'm honest, although the actual the actual match, I think the match does actually have the potential to be better than the Bobby Lashley-Drew-McIntyre match. I don't really think the feud has been handled that well, has it, really? To be fair, Lashley and Drew hasn't even got started. For me, it would have been a no-brainer to have Drew versus Sheamus. I didn't think I'd be saying that months ago, but these two have had... They had a great match at Fastlane, great matches on Raw. Sheamus is looking like a real... This is Sheamus's best year since his opening year in WWE for me. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, so I would have definitely gone with Sheamus over Lashley. Although, to be fair, they built Lashley up for ages. But for me, Lashley versus Drew is feeling a bit rushed. The feud's only just got started and we're like two, three weeks away from WrestleMania. So I would have gone with Sheamus that they've been doing since um, November. So I'm looking at those six matches and you're trying to work out what matches can be like great, potentially. I think Sasha Bianca could be around that four-star range. Lashley, Drew, I think they might struggle. Um, I'm not sure if the crowd are getting it. The Miz versus Bad Bunny, you're not expecting a wrestling clinic out of that. The New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos Be fine, but I don't think it will be anything like match of the year worthy. And same with Braun Strowman and Shane. I'm sure there'll be a few crazy stunts, but... I don't think this is going to win a match of the year for anyone. So your best shot you've got is Seth Rollins Cesaro. If you let Seth Rollins Cesaro go out there for 15 minutes, 20 minutes in front of a crowd, I do think you can get a matchable four stars. So that is the match. That's the that's the match I think will be match of the night on night one, but you, you might get a few surprises. Night two, this is, for me, the strongest, the stronger of the shows slightly. Obviously, we've got probably the hottest match the most intriguing match on either night, being that triple threat match we've been speaking about, Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan, I do think that has the potential to be four stars plus match, we've got the Raw Women's Championship, Oscar versus Rhea Ripper, this has been thrown together, obviously the original plan was to have Charlotte versus Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's Championship at Badia, that just shows what could happen in the world of WWE with changes being made left, right and centre, obviously they couldn't help Lacey Evans falling pregnant, Charlotte Flair getting COVID. But yeah, we've gone from having Charlotte versus Lacey to Oscar versus Rhea. And if all it took was a pregnancy, a bit of COVID, do you know what I mean? You've got got to really take that. Oscar versus Rhea was... It was always going to be a better match than Charlotte versus Lacey. They had a couple of matches on Raw that weren't great. But Oscar, Rhea Ripley do you think can be a really good match? Randy Orton versus The Fiend. I am intrigued. I mean, people are saying that it's going to be a Firefly Funhouse match. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if they're going to do that. I'm not sure how the fans would react to not seeing Randy Orton, not seeing The Fiend. I think they're going to go out there in front of a live audience and try and do some of this shit. I mean, I was there for 33, sat there bewildered at the worms on the mat. The crowd did not enjoy that one bit. The crowd were dead for that match. Um, But yeah, it would not surprise me if... I think they're going to do that. Maybe they'll go to the back and have, like, the last couple of minutes or a brief part of the match. B, I don't know when this Ray Wyatt's head... I mean, I enjoyed the Firefly Funhouse against Cena last year, but it's just whether or not you do it. We're out of the pandemic now. Well, we're not, but in Tampa, we pretty much are. Um, so, yeah, I do think this might be in front of the fans. Maybe. I think they might try and blow some up to say, look, AEW, yeah, we can do something right. So it wouldn't surprise me if you saw any of... And that. Now after that, so Randy Orton versus the Fiend. I don't think it's going to win a match of the year, but I am intrigued for it. I'm intrigued to see what they do. I don't like the Fiend's new look, but I'm all for seeing the Fiend's entrance in front of a live crowd in that stadium. I do think it will be brilliant, and I'm good. I'm not going to be there for it. Um, Intercontinental Title. Big E defends against Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz got the wind Did he on SmackDown in that tag team match? Pinned Big E, which he needed after losing all these matches. I think they can have a good match. Good match. I think it'd be... Although it seems to make sense for Apollo Cruz to win, I kind of think you want Biggie, a guy that you possibly could be looking to catapult into the main event scene post-WrestleMania. Get, give him a big win. Um, give him a big win here. So, yeah, maybe they'll do that. And then the match that I think everyone is looking forward to. I think this could be match of the night if given time. A match that should have taken place at WrestleMania 32, but instead they got added to the Money in the Bank ladder match. That being Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I'm chuffed that these two get a WrestleMania match. If they let them go out there, give them time. Let them not work the typical WWE match. I think this match could be match of the weekend. Hope it is. I hope they just let Sami go out there. I don't need any of this gimmick stuff. I don't need the story stuff. Let's just go out there, balls to the wall, and give us a classic WrestleMania match. Have it open the show, and yeah, let's get off to a flying start that night. Um, See, so when you look at that, I mean, there's no big standout WrestleMania match is there. No bit, the, the big matches, but there's no like. I was trying to think, previous years, like 34 when I was the Cena Undertaker, it was it was big on paper. Ronda Rousey in a match, like 30. I'm trying to think, 30. Taker Lesnar, um, 30 off the top 33. Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. There's probably other matches that I've just completely forgotten about. But, yeah, there always seems to be big matches. Triple H, Seth Rollins, stuff like that that felt big. But, I don't know Now I'm talking about it. This card is actually... Maybe for once, there's no Lesnar match. There's no Undertaker match it gives the guys that might not necessarily... Cesaro, as he had a singles match at WrestleMania, I'm not quite sure. Sasha gets a singles match at Mania, Oscar gets a singles match at Mania. Apollo, Big E, they get singles matches. Sami Zayn gets a single match. So there is positives about this card, but just one of them cards that I'm looking at thinking, would I want to fly halfway across the world for this? I probably would at the moment because I'm bored shitless, but, um, yeah. So, yeah. So some comments. Um, Adam versus Pat would be shit, but it ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, yeah, it did. I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, Ryan, that I don't think the card... I do think this WrestleMania will be good. I do think it will be good, but it's just... There's just no big standout match. Um, But, yeah. No big standout match for me. But I do think the card wrestling-wise will be good. But it's just there's a lot of matches that you could see. Do you know what I mean? That you'd see on, like, a fast lane pay-per-view and you wouldn't think it was out of place. But, yeah, there's no, like, match that you say, that is the match that you could only get at a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam. Do you know what I'm saying? Um... But, yeah, so that's pretty much the WrestleMania card. I mean, matches that they could have. They've announced that Matt Riddle versus Sheamus is going to be a non-title match on Raw. I find it crazy that apparently these days, you can't just... Sheamus surely is deserving of a US title match. They just hand out title matches willy-nilly these days. But those two had a really, really strong match on Raw at the start of the year. Sheamus is on fire this year. Matt Riddle is one of the best workers in the company. I think these two could have a really, really good match at Mania. They've got to add that to the card. Sheamus will probably win here, won't he, um, to set up the match, but is Riddle going to beat Sheamus at Mania? I hope he does. I mean, Riddle is on fire in the ring, but the gimmick... Ugh, I'm not sure how the fans are going to react to him. He's been booked that badly since being. him. Maybe it's Matt Riddle, so people are going to cheer, but he's been booked that badly. It wouldn't surprise me if he didn't end up getting cheered. Um, I'm guessing we're going to get a women's tag match announced. Shayna and Nair against someone... Maybe someone from NXT. Maybe maybe they'll just go the Naomi and Lana route. Maybe they'll just shove them in the Battle Royal, who knows? Um, SmackDown tag match. They've been building up Mysterio, pinned Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown. So you're expecting Rude and Ziggler to defend against Mysterio and Dominic. Maybe they'll maybe they'll add like, Um Gable and Otis. Can add another team maybe. But no Baron Corbin. They've not been building anything for Baron Corbin as well, which is quite surprising. Maybe he'll win. The uh, Andre the Giant battle royal. If they're going to be doing that, but yeah, so they'll be adding. I'm sure they'll be adding a battle royal to each night for the pre-show. Um Bailey, Bailey doesn't have anything for Mania. Maybe they'll have a, a Ding Dong segment. I seen someone um, suggest maybe they have Becky Lynch come out in a segment with Bailey. I think that'd be good. I do think they should do that. Um, who knows? Maybe Becky comes out. Maybe Ronda makes an appearance. We set up Becky versus Ronda for next year's Mania. Um, who knows, plenty could happen, I'm excited, I'm excited Um, but yeah, another quick note from the Observer that I was reading is that the idea is for each show to be three and a half to four hours Um, so you're looking, they've got six matches announced for night one five for night two, if you're assuming the Battle Royal is going to be on the pre-shows then they need more matches so yeah, you'd expect more matches in the upcoming two weeks Ron, Ron Smackdown is going to be interesting for the next two weeks to see where they go with that. So that's all your WWE talk. Um, been an interesting week in WWE. I feel like they progressed a lot um, on Raw and SmackDown, respectively, this week heading into WrestleMania. Um, I'm not going to go into great detail on AEW this week, but there was some stuff. I, I do want to say I think Dynamite I, if you listen to the Revolution review didn't really like that pay-per-view. I thought it was disappointing. Some people liked it, some people didn't. I thought it was disappointing. But I do really think they've recovered well since that. Um, I think the last three Dynamites... Is it three? Three? Yeah, I think it's three, maybe two. But the last couple of Dynamites have been really, really good. Um, It's three, It's three, isn't it? Um, But they've been really, really good. We got that classic Britt Baker-Thunder Rosa match the week before last. That was great. And we had, what... Um, MJF turning on Jericho, new groups. They progressed a lot of the stories. Um, but this week, I just want to say I absolutely thought the Omega promo about the Young Bucks... A lot of people said it was goofy, but it, it's mad, really. CM Punk breaks K-fade in a promo. Everyone loves it, yeah? Kenny Omega does it, and it's like, oh, this is shit. But I, I love the Kenny Omega. I'm not even... I don't even really watch Being the Elite. Everyone's saying the only people who can enjoy the Kenny Omega character at the moment is the being the elite audience, but I don't really watch that show, and I think Omega's on absolute fire at the moment. Him and Callis are great. I thought the promo about the Young Bucks, I I liked it. I liked that he was saying that he didn't actually choose AEW over New Japan and WWE. He chose the Young Bucks over New Japan and WWE. He left a place he was happy. He left all his friends back in Japan to come over here with the Young Bucks because they were best friends. And if they, if they walk out on him, they're done. And they walked out, and then he gets beat down by Phoenix and Penta. So there's loads of stuff going forward that we can see with that. Um, we're probably going to be getting a... Somewhere down the line, we're going to be getting the Good Brothers and Omega versus the Young Bucks and Moxley, which will be great to see. Um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with Omega at the moment. They've already set up Christian and Omega um maybe we could see omega eddie kingston i'm not quite sure what they're going to do in the main event or the title defense at double or nothing um i'm not quite sure where they go i wouldn't be against seeing christian omega there but christian needs some wins um he's facing kazarian next week on dynamite in his first um match for AEW. so yeah maybe he can win three four matches double or nothing's not for another eight or nine weeks is it I think it's nine weeks, it's the very last Sunday in May, my 30th birthday in fact. So yeah, they've got a lot of time to build up someone, so there's no need. They'll probably throw in one of these specials before before that anyway. Um, but Dynamite this week itself had a lot, of, pretty much the theme of the show, and a lot of good wrestling. Seidel, Seidel against Omega was a really, really strong opener. Um, we got the Bucks and Cutler against the Radio Kid, Penner and Phoenix. That was, for me was the match of the show, really enjoyed that. And um, we got Darby Allen versus John Silver in the main event. I wasn't as high on it as everyone else. I did think it was good. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. I think, I don't know. I do think people overrated it a bit. But yeah, John Silver. John Silver, give him a best of the Super Juniors run. I would love to see that. The guy is a great worker. And they reckon that he picked up a shoulder injury in that. Um, so hopefully he's all right. Um, other things on the show. Britt Baker, she cut a great heel promo. Um, she's really, really ready to be a superstar. When fans come back... I think they're gonna struggle to stop her getting cheered. She is gonna be over like shit, over like shit when um, fans come back. Um, she goes on to say, the three most important words in wrestling is DMD. Formerly was RKO, now DMD. But yeah, she she like shoots on Mick Foley, really strong promo. She's definitely ready to be the star of that division. the Women's division, I've always shat on it, but it's looking good, isn't it? You've got Britt Baker, you got Thunder Rosa, um, you've got Ty Conti, who has improved vastly this year. I always thought, I remember watching NXT, not gonna lie, I think she's attractive, she's fit as fuck, but she always had that star quality look to her, didn't she? You could see her being a star, she 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 was alright in the ring, it just needed to be seasoned, and that didn't happen in NXT, but she's come on leaps and bounds since first appearing with AEW, what, last summer? And she really does have that superstar look. She can now work with it. I think... I am I was thinking this. I couldn't see... I think Ty Conti, Britt Baker's a feud you could go with. Babyface Ty. Um, you know, you could have babyface Ty with a Dark Order. And maybe have Britt Baker with, like, the Pinnacle or something like that. Add Britt Baker to the Pinnacle. I think I saw someone suggest that on a podcast the other day. So, yeah, that... That is some sort of route they could go down. There's so much for Britt Baker to do. I mean, I do want to see this akarashida Shida. Brit Baker match, I think the time is coming do you hold off for when fans are there, I mean Brit's a heel so you don't really need to wait for fans to come back for that pop, so just give it a double or nothing, build here, Karashida against Brit Baker, get the title on Brit Baker and let her have a lengthy, lengthy run with that belt, I don't think the books of the Karashida title are in too well um, maybe even have a Kar- Karashida lose the title to Brit, and then build towards Brit and Ty Conte and then maybe I'd be up seeing Akira Shida turn heel on Thunder Rosa. We can have Thunder Rosa against um, Ikara Shida going forward and Ty Conti chasing Britt Baker for that belt going forward. And so, yeah, so some strong dynamites. As I say, I'm not going to go into great detail because it doesn't um, feel like it's the week to go on about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know, Ryan, what you're saying, Omega's not been on, but yeah, I don't really watch it, so I don't really know, but a lot of people are saying that, like, the inside jokes that Omega keeps doing is more for, that like, being the elite crowd, whereas, for me, I don't mind a bit of inside stuff, do you know what I mean? People know it, people who don't know it. Um, going back to the WrestleMania talk, yeah, I do think, I would, wouldn't would mind him adding that match that he was on about, Nia and Shayna versus Dakota and Gonzalez, but the only problem with that is, like, Gonzalez, I'm assuming, is going to win the title, the NXT title, um, from Io Shirai at TakeOver, but um, whether or not, we'll see, I would be up for them doing that much, I prefer it to Lana and Naomi anyway, um, one final thing on AEW, Tony get Andrade sign, get him signed, get him signed, and get Thea Trinidad signed as well, I mean um, I think there was news going around that Thea has already committed, she's already committed we don't know if it's wrestling, but she's already committed to another project and um, coming off a run with WWE. Now, Ring of Honor did announce a summer tournament um, with women from all around the world, so maybe it's that, who knows. But um, Yeah, I'm going to have a quick drink before we get into um, the Ring of Honor 19th anniversary show review. Bit of Ribena. (sighs) Needed that. Great audio. I'm sure you all enjoy that. No fizzy pop. Remember when we always used to have the segment on the show where I'd like, reveal which fizzy pop I was drinking. Trying to knock back on the fizzy pops here. Stuck with sugar-free cordial. Right, Ring of Honor, 19th anniversary show. Now, I'm going to be totally honest, I haven't watched much Ring of Honor since... I'd watched the big shows before the pandemic. I would watch their big shows. But watching Ring of Honor regularly stopped for me after that, the part in the Madison Square. I was there at MSG that night and pretty much stopped watching Ring of Honor like a lot of people did after that horrific showing from them at the uh, MSG show, but I thought, you know what, it's a completely different roster, not doing anything else this weekend, I I promised myself I would stop watching these wrestling shows that I have no fans in, like, I can't bring myself to watch an Impact pay-per-view, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a chance, I'm going to give it a chance, I'll watch Ring of Honor, I hear, like, good things about what they've been doing, it's a completely new roster, so I am going to give them a chance, and, I'm going to be honest, I'm glad I did. I thought, I'm going to get into each match by match. So, I started watching it last night, and I watched three matches, and I fell asleep pretty much straight after it, if I was, I thought I was tired. Tracy Williams beat Kenny King. I went two and a quarter on that. Flip Gordon um, was being a bit more heelish. He defeated Mark Briscoe, three stars. And Dalton Castle defeated Josh Woods. I went three stars on that. Um, Woods impressed me a lot. I've not really seen much of him, but Josh Woods did look really impressive in that match. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the only 45 minutes was alright. We got a great video package to open with, and it was just like someone opening the drawers, going and getting the old ROH DVDs and videos out from 2002, 2003, which I started watching Ring of Honor in 2004. So I think for all the nostalgic Ring of Honor fans that love the, the products back around that gl- those glory years, uh, we'll have appreciated that. Um, so yeah, that was a nice start to the show. And then, then we got... Basically, I started watching this from this morning. EC3 versus Jay Briscoe. This was an interesting match. I thought EC3, like me, shaved his head. I do think, unlike me, that actually really suits him. I think he he looked great when he came out. He was even more ripped to shreds than he usually is, if that is even possible. And I was watching him walk out, and I thought, I can't get my head around that Vince didn't... This is like a guy that you'd be like, Vince will fucking love him. But... For whatever reason he didn't, he, he had that match with uh, Moxley, well Ambrose whatever, and it just went. I don't know. I don't think he got back on TV after that, did he? Um, but he looked great uh, in this match. I thought the match was good. I really enjoyed the match. It did go a little bit long. The story of the match is that Jay Briscoe won't acknowledge um and shake EC3's handy water dear to the code of honor. Um, the match saw so AC, EC3 AC, EC3 dominated the first half of this match. And Jay makes his comeback, and it was like an extended beating of EC3, beatdown, sorry, and I was like, I can't really buy Jay Briscoe an extended beatdown of EC3, but at the end of the match, he beats on him for about 10 minutes, hits the J driller for the three count, and at the end of the match, Jay Briscoe gets the win, and Jay Briscoe acknowledges EC3, shakes his hand, so I don't know if this was like, they were trying to say it's an, an initiation for EC3 onto the roster or whatever, but... I would have had EC3 go over there. Jay Briscoe doesn't need to be going over EC3 in a singles match on a big pay-per-view. But match itself, it was good. I did think it went a little bit long, um, and I went 3.25 on this. So, worth going to check out. Then, next, next, this match, it got me dreaming of the experiences I've had at WrestleMania weekend, where you're in them, boiling hot, independent shows. You've got loads of luchadors just going absolutely crazy. Spots flying everywhere. The beers are flowing. You're half smashed. You're just going mental with your mates, and this was it. Bandido versus Flamita versus Ray Horus. I mean, I was there at the WrestleCon Super Show when Bandido and Will Ospreay stole the show in an absolutely great match. Um, That was a fucking brilliant match. Uh, and it brought back memories of this. Bandido, he looks even... He's got himself in better conditioning. He looks like a superstar. The company, Ring of Honor, should be built around Bandido. Bandido, for me... I mean, I, I enjoyed the show, but I do think Bandito is bigger than Ring of Honor. Bandito should be in AEW, um, maybe New Japan, but AEW need to be looking into trying to get Bandito when he's contract Spiders. The guy is 25 years old, 25 years old, and he's absolutely fantastic. Um, the story of the match is the three are in a stable, but they've like bickered, so they're just going out there to have a three-way. Some of the spots, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go all. Um, and forgot his name. I'm not going to go all... Oh, have I forgot his name? Come on, Ryan, help me out. AW Commentator. How have I forgot? AW... Oh, my God. That is going to seriously... That is going to kill me. That's the Ribena's fault, that. But I'm not going to go all Tope Suicide and naming all the moves and everything. Um, but come on, Ryan. Have you got me? Have you got me here or not? Oh, you've not got me. Never mind. Right. Um, woke. Oh, flipping heck. So, yeah. You took me off my game here, took me off my game. So yeah, basically we get the cross body into a poison run. And now this spot was absolutely fantastic. I absolutely love this spot. You need to go out and sit. And then Bandido starts flying over the top rope, hitting moves that I've never even seen before. Um, definitely go and check the match out. Um, in, in the end of it, they go about, I think it was about 11, 12 minutes. And the um, Bandido pins Flamita. With a 21 and a bridge. It was a great spot. I was watching this freaking Jim Cornette. If he is watching this match, he's fucking having a fit. They're just just busting out random spots, basically. But if you like that sort of thing, you're going to love it. I loved it. It was something different. The fact that some of the spots they were doing, I'm thinking, you're not even doing these spots to get a reaction from the crowd. So it made it even more impressive, some of the bumps they were taking. But yeah, right person wins. Bandido gets the win. I think Bandido should be in the main event picture. But I think after the match, the commentators, Caprice, he basically says like, oh, that puts him in the junior. It might have even been Rickabon, He says that he, um, he puts him into the um, the TV title scene. For me, Bandido should be going for that Ring of Honor World Championship. But hey, uh, after the match, basically Flamito like, shakes the hand of Horace, but he pushes Bandido away. So it looks like we're going into a Bandido versus Flamito program, which, yeah, I'm all for. But Bandido, 25 years old. WWE are looking for their new Hispanic star. Look no further. But with a handling of Andrade, what would they do with Bandido? You probably look at him and be like, ah, you can, can go after the 24-7 title with uh, Lince Dorado and Ricochet. Um, but yeah, I went 3.75 3 and 3 quarter stars on this match. It was really good. Um Definitely the match out of everything that you need to go out and watch. Next, we've got Matt Taven uh, versus Vinny in uh, there. It's, like, well, it's not cinematic, is it? But it's taped in, like, the training centre. was i I'm done. I'm done with these cinematic matches. They're not for me anymore. They've been done to death. AJ Styles versus Undertaker will always be the best one that's ever happened. The stadium stampede, if you can call it cinematic, was great. Everything else for me has just been... Uh, it's just been there, on it? I did enjoy the Swamp fight, I'm going to be honest, but hey, I think I was in the minority in that. Um, but they had a big spot to end where basically this big guy pushes them both off the balcony and picks up Vinny and carries him away. So, yeah, crazy spot to end with. That was the only highlight here. And um, We got a backstage segment where Jay Lethal asks Todd Sinclair to not let him be screwed out of the tight in the main event and be lenient. So that, that they needed to do this because that did actually play into the main event. Um, Maria Kanellis is out. She's apparently on the board of directors in Ring of Honor. Um, announces we're going to get a Women's Summit tournament in 2021. Angelina Love comes out. Uh, with, I can't think who she was with, but she was with someone they just basically, Chris, es- Excalibur, yes Ryan, Excalibur, that is it, how oh, have I forgot, I always get his name mixed up, and don't know how, I listen to the guy for two hours every Thursday afternoon, so I don't know how I forgot about that, nice one for that Ryan, um, but yeah, next we get Jonathan Gresham, who for me is the best worker in Ring of Honour, Daniel Bryan said in a recent interview, he'd love to um, face Jonathan Gresham and Gresham's fucking brilliant. He's fantastic. Um, he's the pure champion. He faces Dak Draper. I'm not I'm gonna be brutally honest, I've never seen anything of Dak Draper before. Um, the one thing that I did notice huge height difference. Gresham, just his usual self. They both use the three broke ra- uh, the three rope breaks, sorry, um, which is under pure title Rouge are only allowed three, and then you can be pinned or submitted. Uh, ...underneath the ropes... ...or you can't use the ropes to get out of a submission... Um, ...and we get... ...the finish comes when Jonathan Gresham does a dive over the top rope... ...a tope suicider ...as Excalibur would say... To, ...and then... Um, ...he like does the tope... ...and he catches Draper into a sleeper... ...yeah... ...great spot... ...I think Caprice labelled it the tope sleeper, ...which was fucking brilliant... Um, ...so he chokes him outside the ring with his sleeper... get gets about 13, 14... Gets into the ring, sleepers his ways for the win, and Jonathan Gresham wins, um, by a knock, by a KO, pretty much. So yeah, I thought this was really good finish, I love the finish. Match itself, I've seen a lot of people going a lot higher than I did, I've seen some four stars, some 4.25 stars, I think Grapple, the average is just over four, I'd throw three and a half at it, really good, and yeah, we'd have three really good matches, back to back to back, so yeah, this was a strong, strong show thus far. Um, then we, we basically got a match. I'm not sure why it was so high on the card. Tag Team Championship. We've come... We've. I don't want to be disrespectful. We've fallen a long way pretty much since the Young Bucks and SCU were killing it for these Ring of Honor tag titles. The Young Bucks and the Hardys. We've got Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams against Kenny King and Beastie Del Ring. It was fine. It was fine. Um, I understand the building new guys up, but the match itself was fine pretty much. Um, Beastie Del Ring doesn't look great in the ring, ironically enough, but uh, Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams capture the belts, and after the match, this is where the controversy hits, or the lack of controversy. Basically, uh, BC, they ring Spears, Amy Rolls, their manager, her. and yeah, where are all these Will Ospreay? Oh, last Sunday, I couldn't escape on Twitter. All the, the Snowflake squad were at it full force, crying about Will Ospreay, Hitting his Oscar on his girlfriend B Priestley, she they were just doing that as an angle to bring. They was bringing he onto the main event angle, going into a bushy, yeah, and everyone cried about this. The typical, the usual Snowflake Squad that you see, everyone's crying about it, yeah. Just if Osprey had gone up to B, punched her in the face, yeah, then I'd sort of understand it. But this is wrestling. We see intergender matches all the time. We see Randy Orton, RKO, and Beth Phoenix. And we just, like we say, we see this all the time. Ring of Honor, when all this shit was going on last week, yeah, would have seen everyone complaining about Osprey. They'd already taped this show before the New Japan show last week, and they didn't, but they weren't arsed enough to edit out the show. So I've seen podcast. I listen to podcasts, and it's a shame because I really do enjoy listening to some of these podcasts, but just listening to them whine and bitch about stuff like this. It's like, you all grew up on the Attitude Era. You send this every week. What is everyone complaining about? You yeah, know, it's twenty twenty one. You can't do this. I don't give a fuck what year it is. It was good back in two thousand. It's good now. I enjoy a bit of it. It's it gives you a shock factor. Randy Orton, RKO, and Beth Phoenix was one of the best moments on Raw last year. It's not like they're going out and like beating the fuck out of them, which yet yeah, would be a little bit. Nah, I won't be doing that. But the odd wrestling move here and there. I Don't see. A problem with it. Nobody complains when WWE have these matches where the women are beating on the men, do they? Nobody complains about that. That's fine. I thought 2021 was all about equality. Nobody complains about that, did they? Women hitting moves on men. That's fine. That's fine. But as soon as, like, rarely does it actually happen and Ozcutter's hit on a woman, everyone's crying. Snowflake Squad running wild. They don't even want to talk about it anymore because it annoys me, really. Just, just like... Do you know what I mean? Are we going to be able to have any angles in wrestling? I mean, Peacock are already editing the fuck out of everything on the WWE Network, so... Anyway, I better not get into it, because I'm probably in the minority here. I think I'm just... A lot of people on Twitter just aren't in the real world. They're just busy podcasting every day, reading wrestling stuff, listening to podcasts. In the real world, yeah, nobody gives a fuck about this sort of stuff. Stop listening to the news. Main event... Main event, Rush versus Jay Lethal. I always feel like I tune in and out of these Ring of Honor pay-per-views, but every time I put a Ring of Honor pay-per-view on, it always seems to be... Yeah, exactly, Ryan. China versus anyone. Nobody complained about that. Nobody complained either, right, when Sasha Banks is beating the fuck out of Reginald week after week after week. Nobody cared then, did they? Nobody cared. That was fine, but uh, don't get me back into it. But yeah, um... Rush versus Jay Leaf. And as I was saying, Lethal always seems to be in these main events, in these title matches for Ring of Honor. Now, he's a good worker, but I would like to see something maybe a little bit different um, in these main events. But with the angle at the end, maybe they are going towards that. But the match itself, I mean... Rush gets the cable cords out. The, the commentators say Sinclair is friends with Lethal. I've never heard them say, oh, the referee's friends with one of the guys in the main event, so he doesn't want to disqualify the other guy because he knows that Lethal caught win the title. Bit of a strange thing to bring up. But at least they did that segment before to explain why the ref hadn't been calling for the DQ. Um, we get a great knee and kick exchange. We've got both men down. Usually we'd have the crowd going crazy for it, but empty arena, so we don't. Sinclair um, doesn't call for the bell and Beastie of Del Ring. Beastie of Del Ring, the woman beater apparently is back out. Um, what about Edge? Edge used to spear leader every week. Or he'd spear women every week. Um, he nails lethal with a chair. And um, Sinclair doesn't call for the bell, which was a bit too much for me. And um, we get Gresham and Coe making the save. Um, then we, this is where the match really hits into full gear, great counter exchange, we get a lethal injection and temp into a drop kick, we get Rush kicking out of a lethal injection, but what I didn't like was, so lethal, gets lethal hits the lethal injection on Rush, both men are down after Rush kicks out of the two, and Rush is up before lethal, and I thought you've just took his finisher, why are you up before him, but hey, such is life, and then we get Rush, he hits his finisher, um, I love the name, mess with the bull, you get the horn, is the name of Rush's finisher, Lethal rolls out of the ring, but he hits, you mess with the bull, you get the horn for the second time, and Rush picks up the win, really good main event, um, I'm not sure if I needed the fuckery in it, but that, that's part of his gimmick, but it does lead to what happens next, we've got Beastie Adel Ring, and all those guys in the ring about to beat up on Jay Lethal, we get Brody King out, Brody King, um, he's a really good worker, He's out, and he says, look, I've got numbers of my own now. He introduces Tony Deppin, who's really good, killing it in GCW. He introduces Homicide. Homicide, Ring of Honor legend. And then he is with Chris Dickinson. So it looks like we're getting a new faction. Brody King, Tony Deppin, Homicide, and Chris Dickinson. They beat down, is it in- Ingo Bernabeu, Blaze, I think they're called. So yeah, that's a good feud going forward. And yeah, but then, as they beat off in. in- in Goblin Arblers, sorry, couldn't get that out. And uh, they pick up Lee shake his hand, but Brody King clotheslines him, and Homicide hits the cop killer. Um, Ian Rick says they're not here to make friends, and yeah, this is a nice new faction. We've got a lot of good factions now in Ring of Honor. Uh, he hits the cop killer as the show goes off air. Really, this the ending to the show. I think it was very clever because. The Ring of Honor 19th anniversary show was going to be a show. People like myself that don't watch Ring of Honor every week or rarely, especially during this pandemic, as I said, don't want to watch shows with no crowds in anymore. I'm now interested. I now will tune into the next Ring of Honor TV because I thought the stories in a lot of these matches were really strong. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoyed this pay-per-view. I'd give the show 6.5 out of 10. Really enjoyed it. Brightened up my day today. I've watched two good shows. I've watched the Ring of Honor 19th anniversary. I watched that great UFC show from last night. But yeah, definitely go and check out this Ring of Honor show. And I'm, I'm going to attempt. I mean, in my head, there's not much wrestling going. I'm like, I've got a Dragon Gate show that I'm going to be watching this afternoon. And I'm going to be thinking, how am I going to realistically watch all this stuff? So in my head, I'm thinking, right, I just need to concentrate on WWE, AW, and New Japan. They're the big three. But when Ring of Honor are doing this sort of stuff, I mean, people tell me I need to watch Impact, but I really do struggle with Impact. I do think this Ring of Honor, you know, Ring of Honor have got a really good roster. If they can get the booking right, which it seems like they did for this show, I think Ring of Honor could be like a sleeper promotion of the year. I mean, you've got Rush, Jay Lethal, Brody King, Tony Depp and Homicide, Chris Dickinson, um, Tracy Williams, EC3, Bandido, Flamita, Ray Horus, probably missing people out, but that's the Briscoes, that's a Flip Gordon, it's a really, Josh Woods impressed me, it's a really strong roster, you know, really strong, I think they've got a good chance, so yeah, go and check out the Ring of Honor 19th anniversary show, a really strong show, and yeah, what, hashtag, watch ROH, because this was some good shit, this pay-per-view, really strong show, um, from Ring of Honor, especially, I can't wait till after every show that I say is good. I don't have to finish it with, especially seeing there's no crowd. Hopefully, we're going to be done with all that soon. But yeah, go and check out the Ring of Honor 19th anniversary show. Couldn't recommend it more. And yeah, that's the show. That's pretty much, I don't think I have anything else that I want to speak about. Um, Thanks for the contribution from Ryan. Um, Thanks to everyone else who's checked out the show. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, re- follow us on Twitter at WWE versus AEW. The war is over, pretty much. Well, it's not, but the Wednesday Night Wars are pretty much coming to an end. I'm going to change that name um, on Twitter. I need to get around to doing it. I'll probably just change it to Daniel Bottle Wrestling. Support the channel. Retweet the tweets. Repeat. Retweet the podcast. If you can give us a five-star um, review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be great. We have had a few five-star reviews recently. I really appreciate it if you could do that. Um, we're on Spotify we are on Google Podcasts. Um, doing a bit of rebranding after WrestleMania so make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, I think we're on 1120 subscribers on YouTube so yeah still trying to grow the YouTube I mean as I say the Apple podcast numbers I'm really happy with. I think we probably had the f- the most the fast lane review show is the most downloads i I've had after the first 16 hours. I check my phone. See how many downloads we'd have when I woke up Tuesday morning. I was like, have I said something stupid on this show? And now I'm getting shit for it Or what? But apparently not. But yeah. Thanks for everyone for supporting. And yeah, just continuing to grow. As I say, I'm recording episodes in the bank. Because I am going to try and have a wild summer this summer. Um, but yeah, I'm still trying to do the weekly show. Me and Tebs will be back this weekend. To do a full preview of WrestleMania. 37. So yeah, me and Tebbs, we did the preview show for the Royal Rumble. We're going to talk about how all our predictions were wrong, and this is the card WWE gave us. Yeah, although I went in depth on this show, um, well, the WrestleMania show at the start of this show, we will be doing a full preview. We'll get mine and Teb's thoughts on that. Um, so yeah, make sure you look for that. It'll probably be Friday, Saturday. I've got my little girl on Friday, and North End are playing Norwich. Um, so yeah, might be Saturday. But yeah, check that. I'll stay tuned to the Twitter. I'll keep you updated. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I will see you on the weekend for the WrestleMania 37 preview show. Thanks for listening, everyone.